This is the Emergency Medical Minute, sponsored by Mile High Ambulance. The Emergency Medical Minute is excited to announce that we are now offering AMA, PRA, Category 1 credits via online course modules. To access these and for more information, visit our website at www.emergencymedicalminute.com backslash CME-courses, or simply click on the link in our show notes and create an account. Okay, so we're going to work together on this one, and I was going to tell you a little bit about the medical side, and then um, with your family experience, if you can chime in and give us kind of what it feels like to be on the patient side, that would be fantastic. So so we're going to talk today about hereditary angioedema. And so just to define this, hereditary angioedema is when you have these recurrent episodes of angioedema. There's three places. It could be in the airway, it can be in the skin, it can be in the GI tract. And uh, what, you know, we're pretty used to angioedema in terms of allergic type reactions, but that often happens with other things like itchiness or hives. And the key with hereditary angioedema is there's absolutely no itchiness or hives. Um, so, you know, the other thing we see that in would be like an ACE inhibitor-related angioedema. You don't really get itchy or rashy with that. But um, similarly, uh, hereditary angioedema, it, you just get the swelling. Um, so, um, hereditary angioedema um, is mostly a genetic disorder. It's autosomal dominant. So most people are going to have a family history. However, up to a quarter of people may have a new mutation and may have no family history in the past. Um, generally, these things will resolve on their own in three to five days, but obviously if it's your airway that's swollen, that's way too long. Um, the mechanism can be fairly complex and um, too early for that so I'll just say one thing about that is that and because this isn't it isn't mediated by histamine so a lot of like anaphylaxis and other allergic reactions you know we, we use antihistamines we use steroids we use epi and that doesn't work at all because this whole process is mediated by bradykinin so totally different process we can't use our normal medications for that let's see most people get their first episode childhood or adolescence but it does generally decrease after you hit puberty sometimes you get a prodrome like you feel like you got the flu or body aches you may get some GI symptoms and actually some people get a rash before they have their attacks and you know what's the trigger so it'd be nice to have a trigger you don't always have a known trigger but sometimes things like minor trauma like for the airway like oral surgery or a dental procedure can trigger uh, airway issues Um, or minor trauma to the skin. Uh, Honestly, the skin episodes are most often face, trunk, or the genitalia, so sometimes intercourse can be a trigger for the skin eruptions. Um, But a lot of times, honestly, there's not a trigger. This may come totally out of the blue. Um, So to go through the three types really briefly, I said the skin, the upper airway, and the GI tract. The skin is the most common and generally not dangerous. It can be painful, and again, it'll go away in three to five days, but it can be pretty disfiguring, particularly if it's on the face. And if it is on the face, like the lips, it does require close monitoring so it doesn't spread to the airway. The GI attacks severe pain, nausea, vomiting, diarrhea. Labs aren't that helpful, honestly, but a CAT scan... Uh, if, if someone doesn't have a diagnosis and we don't know what's going on, a CAT scan might show edema of your bowel loops. 
Um, so if you can picture the same thing that happens to the skin happens to the bowel lining. And then obviously the scariest one is airway, and that's the least common of all three types. But people, over half of people, just over half of people that have this condition are gonna have an airway problem once in their life. Most people who have it once are, are not gonna have recurrence. Thank goodness. Um, so obviously that's the scariest one for us because oftentimes this does require intubation in a person with a difficult airway. And that often progresses over hours, although there are case reports in as little as of progression into um, respiratory failure in as little as like 20 minutes. Most often though, many, many hours leading up to this. And, and the nice thing about these patients is that they generally recognize, they're educated, they know what they're uh, history is and they will present earlier than someone with like an ACE inhibitor angioedema never had this they're going to sit at home for 12 hours until it gets really bad so on average these these patients are going to present a little earlier and sometimes may have even started treatment at home earlier treatment is associated with better outcomes and so I mentioned that our our standard meds for angioedema don't work at all so steroids epi benadryl if you don't know your diagnosis, you certainly can't be faulted for trying those things because I mentioned that some people don't have a history of this in their family and it may not be clear. Um, but if you know that this is their problem, there are the most effective medication and we do stock it is called Baronert. And so Baronert is a C1 inhibitor. Um, so it, it, it essentially will decrease um, the angioedema and you should see results at least some relief within 30 minutes of administration. Most people only need one dose. It's an IV medication. Importantly for you guys who are giving it, you're not supposed to shake it. So you do have to reconstitute it and thaw it. Honestly, if it's an airway emergency, we don't thaw it, we just give it. But um, ideally you have time to reconstitute, thaw it, don't shake it, give it, it's, I think it's 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. It's a slow infusion IV. There are other medications that honestly the data is a little less convincing than Baronert, but on, here we carry Baronert, so we'll just stick with that. I will say these are expensive, like five to 10K per dose for these types of medications, but they work. You, know, you may hear about plasma being given, but that's really if you don't have access to these medications. TXA is kind of controversial, doesn't really have convincing data behind it, so we'll just stop, to stop at the fact that Baronert, which we carry, is effective for these. So that is the kind of science side, and I can take questions maybe after we hear about it from the patient's side. Well, yeah, my name is Jeanette. I, um, <clears throat> my daughter um, has hereditary angioedema, and she was diagnosed at age three uh, because she kept getting hand swelling and feet swelling, and it's grossly edematous. And um, so when I took her into the physician, we tested her many times. I had her in the ER, maybe she had a bee sting, maybe she fell, you know, you just don't think. But once she got diagnosed with um, hereditary angioedema, then we had to look at the family. And my husband, we all got tested. My husband was diagnosed at 42. And how he got diagnosed is his mom said, well, gosh, when Jeff was a little boy, he kept stepping on bees. Every summer, his foot kept swelling. Well, the diagnosis really didn't actually happen until 1963. That was the year my husband was born. And so they carried an EpiPen because they thought he was just allergic to bees. So the two, what, uh, it's, it's different. My husband presents, he only gets swelling in his abdomen. That's the only time, and it is severe, and it's pain. It's not just nausea and vomiting, and it's projectile vomiting. I mean, he's almost in a fetal position. And then my daughter, she has had three throat swellings 
um, since age three. And facial, she's had three facial external. But mostly she gets hands and feet. Every month she'll have an episode. Uh, The latest research that we know, being a part of the Hereditary Angioedema Association, is females get more episodes than males because of hormones. That will set it off. Head colds, viruses will set it off any kind of infection and trauma. And pregnancy uh, is And pregnancy, yeah. so we'll have to worry. She is 21 years of age. She just had her latest episode two weeks ago, facial. She woke up with a facial. We don't know what the trigger was, but she will go into the ER and she does have Berenert with her too. We so carry it at home. Her own. Yeah, okay. so each one, my husband and my daughter have to take four doses each based on weight. So we carry that with a prescription so she can walk into the ER and say, this is what I have and have the Baronert with her. Pharmacy can check it, it's in the original package, because a lot of hospitals don't carry it. I believe that. So I'm really, really um, blessed and and have a lot of gratitude that Medical Center of Aura carries the Baronert. So once she gets the Baronert, you know, a couple hours after a large facial swelling, she's going home and going back to school and pretty proud of her. So we're really, really excited about the medication. There is Ferrazole, it's a sub-Q that is being tested now that maybe you could give a sub-Q shot, only in emergencies only. But Baronert works so well, why would we change right now? So, But that's what we know. And she can tell me, when she was a little girl, she would say, Mom, my hand feels heavy. And it would be a swelling the next day. So sometimes she really can get a feeling ahead of time, but usually the face or throat, she doesn't. And again, it's a slow swelling, so we do have time that we can get on top of it. Yeah, really scary. So thank you. Can't thank imagine. you for letting me share. Yeah, does anybody have questions before we to move on with the huddle all right it's definitely something we're gonna see it's not the most common cause of angioedema but certainly in a in a normal career you're gonna see several so appreciate your attention and time and the emergency medical minute would like to thank our sponsor swedish medical center for helping fund our nonprofit organization and make this podcast possible donations are essential to our organization to cover operational costs and fund the creation of our online courses offering AMA PRA Category 1 credits. So if you enjoy our show, and if you're able to make a one-time or recurring donation towards our organization, any amount is helpful. Please click the link in our show notes to make a donation. Thank you for listening.